Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for April the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we're convinced the supreme law of the land is the answer. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. Furthermore, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're bringing America back, taking America back, one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. But it's even better than a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled Friday. It is... What do they call this thing? Good Friday? Oh, boy, the way it's Good Friday. It's a great Friday. And it's also, what, Easter weekend? Is that what they call this? Oh, man, what a celebration for Christians and for Americans all across this land. What a blessed opportunity. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. First, a recap of yesterday's show. Then hard-hitting news the network refused to use takes flight. Kurt Crosby is back. So I played the song from Toby Keith, How Do You Like Me Now? <laughs> there you go. Anyway, we're delighted to have Kurt Cosby back. He will not be back with us full time. The reason he left in the first place isn't really that he left. He just wanted to hiatus, a little bit of a break. He's been on the radio with me 25 plus years. Uh, he's also got his business to run. He's got, you know what, 11 children. He's got a bunch of grandchildren. He's traveling and taking care of his, his family, helping out his, his uh, children as they take some breaks from their lives, and he watches grandchildren and spends time with people and travels and runs his business, and he's working on some radio projects behind the scenes, and he just needs more time in his day. That's really why he isn't with me all the time now. But he will be back. He will be participating in the broadcast. We're grateful for that, uh, and we do want you to buy raw honey because not only will it support Kurt's family, uh, but it will also be wonderful for you at your table. Tastes phenomenal. To get a hold of Kurt, C-U-R-T at libertyroundtable.com. 801-669-2211. Call or text Kurt at LibertyRoundTable.com. Call or text or just go on the web, LocalHoneyMan.com. That's LocalHoneyMan.com. Anyway, so Kurt Crosby uh, doing a great job, and he will be back. Yesterday, it was Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby, and Brian Rust. Over the past 50 years, the Rust family. And Rust Coins has been working diligently to help folks understand about precious metals. RustCoinandGift.com doing a phenomenal job. We talked about the Honest Money Report. Gold was $1,723.80. Silver, down a bit, $24.75. You got to understand the truth. Silver doesn't go up and down really for the most part, folks. It's the fake dollar. If you don't believe me, go study other currencies against the dollar. Ours will go up while another currency will go down. How does that happen? How does that happen? And the answer is it happens because they're manipulating gold and silver prices, number one. And number two, it happens because uh, gold and silver is kind of the standard that all the other currencies fluctuate against. We also talked about J.P. Morgan Chase to pay nearly a billion dollars in illegal trading. That's the Washington Post. Yeah. 
J.P. Morgan admits spoofing by 15 traders. Bloomberg.com. Yeah, we talked about April Fool's. Let me get this right. You've heard of the company Volkswagen, right? Well, they played games on April Fool's Day. They said they may be changing their name to Volkswagen, like a Volt, V-O-L-T, Volkswagen, instead of Volkswagen. It was a big old joke. And the news, mainstream people got caught in the, I don't know what you want to call it, April Fool's joke, peddling fake news. The CEO doubled down on Twitter, said it was true, and then Volkswagen said, oh, it's not really true, we're just kidding. Kurt Crosby says they had to lighten up, and uh, you know what, take a joke here, um, and hey, what a, what a great concept if they are moving forward with electric vehicles. Kurt's right on all that. Um, then uh, Brian Rust brought up an important point as we started talking about vote fraud. He said, why don't we just call it a votes wagon? You can just try buying vote. <laughs> Amen to that. April Fool's jokes galore on the broadcast yesterday. Utah Jazz uh, took off in a plane. They had a bird strike. A flock of birds hit the plane. It was especially bad, according to officials. They had to turn around and go back. What a scary scenario. I'll tell you that right now. Wow. We talked about Fox News contributor and former White House press secretary, Kaylee McEnany. She's reportedly now going to be a co-host at Fox. And uh, you know what? On one hand, it puts the revolving door in government politics and news and stuff. On the other hand, you know what? You got to give a little bit of fair credit here. What if we had Trump people, Trump aware, Trump knowledgeable people throughout the news cycle? Would the news be different? I think it would be. And uh, you know what? Kaylee's done a pretty good job at taking on the press. So you got to give her some credit there. That was our one of Liberty Roundtable Live with Brian Rust. Hour two, Sam and Kurt talked about this AMAC.us special offer. Thank you for joining us for the premiere of Roe versus Wade, the movie. We hope you will enjoy the movie at a discounted price before it becomes available to the public. If you're a member of AMAC, like we've encouraged you to be, you can get a discount, like a 30 plus percent discount on the movie. Tremendous. We also talked about Utah starting new Utah motor or Utah driver license pilot program. They say whenever information is requested, you control what information is shared. That's the way they're pitching this driver's license, but I don't believe it in a second. That might be the way it'll start out. But eventually what they're going to do with the mobile driver's licenses is they're going to put your driver's license details online. It's going to be subject to hacking and all kinds of other problems. And what it really means is we're taking real ID, vaccination passports, Social Security data, IRS data, <laughs> job-related data, health data, and we're mixing it all together into a mass government-maintained and controlled dossier on everyone in the country. It is disaster. Write it down. Remember who warned you first. All right, Nike is uh, really mad. They sued over what are called Satan shoes. Yeah, the uh, New York Times reporting on it and others. Um, Nike suing these folks. The shoes are affixed with a bronze pentagram-shaped charm. has Luke 10, 18 on it, which refers to the fall of Satan in the Bible. 
adorned the side of each shoe. There's also upside-down crosses. There's pentagrams on the shoelaces. They were selling these shoes, 666 pairs, for a little over $1,000 a pair, and they got them sold out in minutes. The Christians could never get that done. If I put a pair of shoes up for sale that were promoting Christian principles, I probably wouldn't even sell more than a couple of pairs if I'm lucky. It just goes to show who puts their money where their mouth is, ladies and gentlemen. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, and it sounds like a defeatist attitude, and I don't mean it to be, but I do mean it to highlight where we are. When are the conservatives, when are the constitutionalists, when are the Christians, when are the moral majority going to stand up and get serious? Sad to say it's happening a little more than it has happened in the past, but I still don't see it happening in mass yet. We talked about U.K. judges slam an actress. Her, her name is Sayi Amuba, I think it is, with $480,000 fine. A penalty for her Christian beliefs. Yeah, she said she didn't want to demean religion, and she didn't want to do overt sexual stuff. And they said, you have no justification. Who do you think you are? And they literally fined her a bunch of money. This is what I'm talking about. We have criminal activity everywhere in the country. But we do have a little bit of good news. Goodwill employees were stunned. Yeah, the lady that was a Goodwill employee found, she discovered $42,000 hidden in a pile of donated sweaters. So that's pretty cool news. We also talked about a citizen's grand jury from Freedom Watch, Larry Clayman and crew, indicting the Bidens, they say. Again, I'm not really a fan of a lot of those citizens grand juries because I believe a lot of them don't have proper moral authority to, to carry out their will. Trump floated the idea that the coronavirus had actually escaped from a Wuhan lab slamming Dr. Anthony Fossidy and, or Fauci and Dr. Brooks. They said that Fauci spent U.S. money on the Wuhan lab in China. And we now know how well that turned out, Trump said. The nonprofit scientific research group, EcoHealth Alliance, they call it EHA, I guess, EHA or whatever, received a $3.7 million grant, along with the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, in 2014 to help with research into bat-based coronaviruses in China. This group routed $600,000 of taxpayer dollars to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And I guess they say it was in the form of National Institutes of Health. They call them sub-grants between 2014 and 2019. The goal to help with the research into coronaviruses. So bottom line is Fauci's guilty of sin on this thing. Trump's highlighting that point. Now, uh, are the use of COVID vaccines, experimental vaccines, unethical? It's experimentation, folks. Is it unethical experimentation? Jane Orient, doctor, asks the question, and she says, believe it or not, the vaccines can affect your major organs. We'll talk more in seconds on your radio. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, 
It's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Dr. Jane Orient saying, you know what, we're experimenting on people unethically, or inethically. I agree with her, 100%. Of course, you've got to ignore her. Anybody who doesn't agree with the mainstream government-backed local narrative, fake news, criminals, that's the deal. Pfizer vaccine they claim is safe for youth. Yeah, in adolescents 12 to 15 years old, vaccination led to a, quote, higher protective antibody response than even in adults. They claim it was 100% effective against symptomatic disease. 100% effective? Yeah. They say that it was a study of 2,200 adolescents and it was 100%. So here's my response. If these thugs, if these dishonest characters are so confident that the vaccine is safe and effective, I've got one question for them. Why don't you then have the government jettison the special privilege protection that vaccine companies have? Why don't you jettison the vaccine secret courts? Why don't you jettison the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Fund that has already spent $4 billion since vaccines have gone wrong uh, since the 1980s? And why don't you just jettison all that special protection and special privilege um, for the vaccine companies. And if they're as safe and effective as you think they are, why don't we become completely transparent about when the vaccines go wrong? And why don't we have these vaccine companies step up to the plate as every other industry must do, with rare exception, and defend their position of you know the products and services and whatever they have are safe and effective and prove it and let every case stand on its own in court. Because remember, don't hurt me, don't take my stuff with the two commandments for the rednecks. And you know what? If you hurt me and uh, take my health, you're hurting me and taking your stuff. Why don't we just double down 
create transparency on that. If you're so confident they're safe and effective, and if I'm peddling fake news, then you don't need special privilege taxpayer protection and funding and uh, all these things. You don't need secret courts. You don't need all that special privilege deceive the public on the topic. Let's just throw down for real. All right, stuff makes me mad. Lil Nelson, Campaign for Liberty, welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Sam, good to be with you today. Hope for the dead. Great Easter topic. Article written by Andrew, or Judge Napolitano, right? That's right. Um, This is good. Today is Good Friday. And uh, so I thought it would be appropriate to uh, take this opportunity to talk a little bit about um, there is hope for the dead. Now, Andrew Napolitano comes at this uh, by way of the uh, two of the intolerable acts of Parliament in the 1700s. Um, the, he, the first was the Stamp Act of 1765, which required colonists to have government stamps on their documents that they had in their houses. It was enforced by British soldiers who used the general warrants issued by a secret court in London to rummage through the colonists' possessions, ostensibly looking for stamps. And these general warrants, like the ones that the FISA court issues in Washington, D.C. today, did not specify the, the place to be searched or the person or thing to be seized. Rather, they just granted general authority for the bearer to search wherever he wanted to, to search and to seize whatever he, he found, which is exactly what FISA warrants do today in direct contravention to the Constitution, we might add. So that was the first intolerable act, the Stamp Act of 1765. The second intolerable act was the Revenue Act of 1767, uh, just two years apart, those acts. The proceeds from the Revenue Act um, were to pay the salaries of colonial officials and the king's clergy, thereby securing their loyalty. So the Stamp Act assaulted your right to be left alone in home, in your own home, and the Revenue Act stole property from you to pay for a religious establishment. Now, these two laws woke up a lot of colonists, you might say, and 15 years later they won their independence from that oppression. Well, Sam, do you think there are more people awakening to our current dire situation today than, than ever before? Is, 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 is this not a silver lining to the government tyranny that's around us? Yes, I think the answer is clear that more people are waking up than ever before. It is a silver lining. However, however, I want to give a little bit of caveat to this. I think people Uh are waking up, as you wisely point out. However, I think people are waking up. uh, If we're not very careful, they're waking up without hope because they're going, oh, my gosh, I now get it. This is horrible. They're literally stealing freedom from us all at an alarming rate. But then they feel like they're disenfranchised, that there's nothing they can do about it. And that's where I think that we really need to, uh, in our talk shows and in our speeches everywhere across the country, as educators and, and as constitutional leaders, I think it's up to us to not only help them continue their awakening process, uh, but then to give them hope, to point them to God, family, country, to help them understand that, you know what, um, we can, by our greater numbers, make a bigger difference than you think we can. Just because we've been kind of asleep at the wheel for so long, that doesn't mean that when we wake up, there's nothing we can do. There's plenty we can do and still do. Remember, America is unique, lol, in that other countries don't have the seeds for solutions in their very founding and in their very supreme laws as we do. The Constitution 
is the way back. The way to preserve the nation is to return to the principles that made America great in the first place, which is the moral goodness of the people. So we need to turn to God and repent, which is in the family, the fundamental unit of society, with a God-ordained marriage, male and female created he them. Okay, we stick with these fundamentals, and then we look to our country and say, hey, we've got a supreme law that's full of checks and balances, vertically and horizontally. And if we use these principles, we can uh, become great again. Other countries... And until they embrace the principles that we have in America and make those principles their supreme law, they're in trouble. There is a way for them forward by following our guidance and leadership, our light on a hill example, if you will. And I better say that for Easter weekend. We are a light on a hill if we're willing to step up and, and, and not hide it under a bushel, so to speak. But I submit to you that they're waking up without hope. And it's our job to give them hope and point them to the real solutions. So as they wake up, they have appropriate direction. And guidance that, you know what? Yeah, I know we're in dire straits. I know it looks bad. I get it. But I trust in my God and thank heavens through God. We have been given guidelines and principles that are effective and work. And all we need to do is start applying them. And the greater number that we can get to apply those principles, the sooner and faster and easier the recovery will be. Uh, And so I want to be very clear and say, yes, it's a silver lining. And yes, people are awakening. But we better be careful that we take the opportunity to really give them direction when they wake up so they know where to spend their time, their efforts, their prayers, uh, their hard work, their money, their blood, their sweat, their tears, all of the above things. And I hope I didn't take too long to answer your question, uh, but I hope that provides context as well, sir. Oh, well said, Sam. And, and I truly like that uh, and, and, and believe that people who take control back of their own turf at, at a very local level will have more hope than those who just sit down and, and watch and complain the the, the the things happening on the on the national scene or the global scene for example i mean these things that are coming at us from the globalists you you and i can almost can do almost nothing about that but we can walk to our city council and our school board meetings we can make a big big impact there because so few people can make such a big big difference on in local politics well Now, Napolitano made a point that I really want to highlight that starts this whole awakening process off. And as we educate people, free will, start out there because that's the key. When you wake up, you got to understand your free will, and then you got to understand what to do with it. Lowell? I I like that, too. Yeah, he wrote this. Freedom is the ability of every person to make personal choices without a government permission slip, to exercise free will. I'm still quoting Napolitano. Free will is a natural characteristic we share in common with God. He created us in his image and likeness. As he is perfectly free, so are we. And still quoting Napolitano here, when the government takes away freedom, whether by fiat or legislation or referendum, it steals a gift we receive from God. It violates the natural law and the Constitution, and it prevents us from seeking the truth. Freedom is the essence of humanity. No one can achieve potential or happiness or truth without it. End of quote. Yeah, so absolutely great sentiment there from Judge Napolitano. In fact, it reminds me of something Tom Woods often says, that life is more than just existing. He says, life is living. <laughs> so, so I think, Sam, you know, what, what's one thing that you miss the most right now because of the government's policy response to the threat of COVID-19? You know, I read that question that you asked me and had a little bit of time to think about it. And at first I was saying, oh, I miss just the ability to move freely about without being harassed about masks or 
uh, you know, all these different things. You got to stay away from everybody. And how dare you hug somebody or shake somebody's hand? You shake somebody's hand and you feel super guilty. And at first it was those things. And I do miss those mm-hmm. things. But I got a greater answer than that that I'll tell you right after the break that I miss the most. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to reflect. It's time a year later to say, what do I miss the most and why? And what does that say for our society? We'll talk about it as Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, unfolds. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The death toll has risen to at least 48 with dozens more injured after a train carrying 490 people derailed in Taiwan. The train was traveling in the eastern part of the country when it went off the rails in a tunnel. Rescue crews have been continuing to work to free passengers trapped in the cars. As the border crisis continues, Senator Joe Manchin thinks it's past time for lawmakers to work on immigration reform. Sending that message that we're not going to be taking people into this country until we get our ability to make sure we're able to do it and do it right. The West Virginia Democrat visiting the southern border on Thursday and arguing he sees a human crisis there. The March jobs report is out with the economy adding 916,000 new jobs in the month of March. The unemployment rate edging down to 6%. This is USA Radio News. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Relief payments from President Biden's American Rescue Plan go out today to some people collecting Social Security and other federal benefits. The IRS saying the payments are directed at those who didn't file 2019 or 2020 income tax returns and didn't use the non-filers tool last year. The IRS saying most payments will be sent electronically and received by April 7th. A court rules on two states having a water dispute. The state of Florida alleged that Georgia uses too much of the water that flows from the Atlanta suburbs to the Gulf of Mexico. The Flint and Chattahoochee Rivers in Georgia joined to form the Apalachicola River at the Florida line. Florida said that its neighbors' overconsumption is to blame for the decimation of their oyster industry. The court rejected Florida's claim, saying they failed to make their case, ending a long-running legal fight between the two states. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. You're listening to USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So Lowell Nelson campaigned for liberty.org on your radio, and he asked me a serious question. What do you miss the most now that the tyrannical tyrants are literally doubling down a year later on the coronavirus and global warming and racism and whatever else? They've literally destroyed your society uh, under the name of, quote, social distancing. They've become very antisocial, to say the least. And what do you miss the most? And at first I thought about it and thought, you know, I miss the ability to give somebody a hug or a handshake, or spend time with people because you just feel guilty if you're in society and you give somebody a hug. You're like, oh, oh look around, make sure that uh, is there people going to come unglued if I hugged somebody or shook somebody. And at first it was that. And I thought, you know, that's horrible, and I miss that. And that is true. But I thought of, I think, a more important answer to your question. This is not something that we just answer flippantly. We truly think about and reflect on the question that Lowell has asked. And as I reflected on that question, I will say this. Here's what I miss the most. You ready, Lowell? You better. Here it is. In the past, when we've had a crisis in America, let's say it's a war. Let's say it's a famine. Let's say it's a, a natural or man-made and or natural disaster. When something bad has happened, you look at 9-11 as the quintessential example. We literally turned to God. Even those who weren't really normally... Um, attuned to that we're willing to say you know we need to turn to god we need his protection we need to feel his love we need to set aside our political differences we really and it, you know what maybe it wasn't long enough i agree but we we have done that through american history this is the first time we've had a massive problem disaster whatever you want to call it cataclysmic event a pandemic whatever and you know you can say it's overblown i agree with all that but nevertheless that's the way it's being pitched This is the first time that I know of in my lifetime in an American history when we've had a massive event like this, and we really haven't turned to God. In fact, we've used the government to literally prevent people from turning to God. So I miss that we used to be a God-based society and a God-focused nation. Our whole nation was founded upon these principles of, of, you know what, turn to God. He is the author of your liberty. He is above government. And now we've literally said... You know, vaccines, trust in the arm of flesh, don't go to church, don't worship, don't, you know, and if you do, you'll get fined and and let's separate the people. And so we've really taken away one of the fundamental principles of the gospel is meet together oft to fast and to pray and to spend time with one another and receive strength from one another. And it's often compared these religious services to uh, logs on a fire. And when we're together, we have tremendous warmth and power. And when we get separated, and we get cold and eventually we go out kind of thing, and we need one another to remain faithful and bring us into remembrance of our God and our covenants with him and et cetera, et cetera. And so I miss that we as a nation now, for the first time, have really not turned to God anymore. When, it, when a disaster happens, we have forgotten our God. And I miss the most when we turned to our God. And the proof in the pudding is there's new studies coming out all the time now about religion saying, hey, people aren't even really involved in religion anymore. It's less than it's ever been. And it's going to get worse as the generation gap and the sexual perversions and the, all this continues. And so I miss the most that we are not willing as a people now. Some, there's individuals, obviously, uh, that are still willing to turn to God. But as a people, we've decided that we've forgotten our God completely this time, Lowell. Wow, there's my answer to your question. Deep, yeah, a deep and wonderful answer, Sam. I, I uh, had not thought of that uh, myself. Here I was thinking about, you know, missing uh, a basketball, for example, um, working out, uh, you know, three mornings a week at the local, um, you know, ward house, a church building where, you know, where I, where I go to church, and, and just missing that for, 
camaraderie there, the, the physical exercise, of course, the, the camaraderie that we, I enjoy among my, my uh, fellow, you know, my neighbors, my teammates uh, that I play ball with, and, and just missing that a tremendous amount because, I don't know, that just brought so much joy, so much satisfaction and growth, you know, and kept me fit um, physically as well as mentally. It's, you know, it's a release from, from the stresses of the day, I mean, I think about nothing but basketball when I'm on the court and just playing, just having a great time. I'm there for the exercise. I, I'm not there necessarily to win, there to have a good time. And, you know, I, I just miss that. Uh, but but that was very, I don't know, thinking about that for myself is kind of selfish. You know, when you're, and here here you are, Sam, thinking altruistically, thinking that we as a nation have forgotten our God. Uh, and that's, that's, that's really, really true, too. Uh, but, and so I really appreciate your answer, your you're thinking big. You're thinking um, what's going to bless the nation, what's going to make the biggest difference for us collectively as a people uh, here in our nation, it, it, which it would be to return to our God, particularly on this, this Easter weekend, Good Friday, <clears throat> Easter weekend. What a great opportunity to reflect and renew our commitment to turn to God and to point others in that direction where, where we have influence, where we have that possibility, those opportunities. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be crystal clear. Therein lies the solutions to our problems. And in my opinion, Judge Napolitano hits on this same point. Easter means that that there's hope for the dead, Lowell. (laughs) That's true. And I thought as I read this this column, thinking of, you know, they, they crucified Jesus because they worried that he would start a political revolution. Well, he started a great revolution indeed, but it wasn't political. It wasn't, um, you know, physical in nature. It was spiritual in nature. And in that respect, Jesus was was the greatest uh, revolutionary figure in the world history. I mean, he, he is the center of world history, and he's a revolutionary. <laughs> but but he didn't do that to, uh, to, to, to gain power. He did that to revolutionize are thinking and to realize that we can have hope after death. There is hope for the dead, and then therefore there's hope for the living. But we must be free in order to fully live, and therefore let us faithfully endeavor, Sam, to preserve what liberties we have and work to reclaim those we have lost so that we might live more, more fully this life that we're, we're given right now, Sam. It is my humble hope to point people to Christ, ladies and gentlemen. I can't solve the liberty problem unless I do what God Almighty, the author of my liberty, asks, which is to repent and turn to him. And if I do, he's going to protect me and heal my land. That's a biblical promise from God Almighty to me. And I am grateful to acknowledge that promise and then point people in the direction of what we can do uh, to secure those blessings. You know what he says, what we need to do. And if we do what he asks us to do, God keeps his promises, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very clear about that. But you know what? Some are saying goodbye, American liberty. Paul Craig Roberts writes an incredible column pointing out uh, what we're sadly doing as well. Yeah, he points out this COVID passport idea is the road to serfdom. Um, There's really no evidence that a COVID passport would do us any good anyway, but the establishment is not interested in the facts. They're not interested in real, true science, but they just are spinning fake news and spinning fake science. 
For example, he talks about Florida. He compares Florida with several other states. A large proportion of Florida's population is elderly and is overweight, which is the very um, uh, demographic of those who die most from COVID, right? And, and so for the past year, Florida has not been under a lockdown or a mass mandate. It's basically wide open there, and fortunately, and you know, hats off to Governor DeSantis for, for making it so. And uh, so no one would think that Florida... Uh, uh, well, well, we would believe that Florida would have a very high death rate given their population of the elderly and the overweight. But that is not the case, believe it or not. Florida has 154 COVID deaths per 100,000, and that's smack in the middle of all 50 states' rankings. New Jersey is very locked down. They have deaths uh, uh, about twice, almost 300 deaths per 100,000. Um, uh, New York, uh, 1.66 times higher than Florida. And Massachusetts and Rhode Island, the COVID deaths are 1.60 times higher than that of Florida. So, and these are the numbers that come from official data. We, and, and so the, the thing that we can conclude from this is that lockdowns and mass mandates are pointless. <laughs> they don't work. But despite these facts, big government is working with tech companies who smell the profits to be made from a vaccine passport system, which they allege is the only way to return to normalcy. In other words, uh, quoting um, uh, uh, Paul Craig Roberts here, if you want to get out of jail, you will have to give up your privacy. End of quote. <laughs> well, Sam, so why is it that tech companies are going to want your data? Partly there's big money in it. Partly there's control in it. They love both. Well, because it enables them to sell their products more effectively if they know their customers, if they know their marketplace, right? Um, and as a customer on the Internet, it's kind of nice when a, a, a business caters to my interests. And so there is some advantage to that, but there are some disadvantages as well, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. This is the one and only... Liberty Roundtable Live, one of the greatest think tanks in modern America on your radio. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse... Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. We're talking to Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, about goodbye, American Liberty, an article written by Paul Craig Roberts. Uh, and he's really making the point that, you know what, you go for this, quote, vaccine license, permission, card, whatever incarnation they're trying to create, this passport, whatever word we're going to use. Before you know it, it'll be a vaccine passport mixed with a Social Security dossier, uh, mixed with your health records. Mixed with your um, tax records, mixed with your driver's license and your voter records, mixed with your right to keep and bear arms records of how many guns you have, etc. They'll basically take the, the Department of Vehicles uh, databases, uh, the coronavirus databases, the health databases, the Social Security, every database under the sun, put it all together and they'll have this massive dossier on you. That's what the government is building by hook or by crook. And Paul Craig Roberts is saying, hey. We go down that road and goodbye to American liberty, and I think he's spot on right, Lowell. I do too, Sam. In fact, I watched a clip from Naomi Wolf yesterday. It's just a five- or seven-, eight-minute clip uh, where she talks about this very thing. Now, Naomi Wolf is an avowed Democrat, I believe, um, and, and she's very disappointed that Biden is, push, is pushing this and, and wanting us to, to go down this path. She says, I am not overstating this. I can't say it forcefully enough. This is literally the end of human liberty in the West if this plan unfolds as planned. Vaccine passports sound like a fine thing if you don't understand what these platforms can do. It's not about the vaccine, she says. I'm still reading her quote. It's not about the virus. It's about your data. And once this rolls out, you don't have a choice about being part of the system. What people have to understand is that any other functionality can be loaded onto that platform with no problem at all. What that means is that it can be merged with your PayPal account, your digital currency. Microsoft is already talking about merging it with payment plans. Your networks can be sucked up. It geolocates you wherever you go. Your credit history can be included. All of your medical history can be included. End of quote. Uh, Not that, that to mention they can build a China they can build a China style social credit capability in there too, Lowell, and everything you say and do will be used against you, my friend. Yeah, it's this is creepy, Sam. So Robert concludes his column uh, this way. He says allegedly the U.S. has had 30 million COVID cases. Where does this number come from? Well, it comes from financial incentives to hospitals to report every death. As a COVID death. <laughs> and he's so right about that, Sam, because, you know, hospitals, they would get more money for any patient that was a COVID patient. 
and they would get more money for every ventilator that they, they used on a patient. And, of course, ventilator deaths were in the high 90 percentile. So that's why there's so many deaths, because there's money tied up with it. And uh, and then and Paul Craig Roberts, he finishes out his column, he says, has the public noticed that this year there's been no flu season? <laughs> well, what's the explanation is that the flu cases have all been conflated with COVID cases in order to multiply the level of COVID infection. See, I believe that to be true, Sam. And, also, and, and then finally, he says, 18th century Americans valued liberty. They, they were the give-me-liberty-or-give-me-death crowd. But 21st century Americans, <laughs> not so much, evidently. Their acceptance of the lockdowns proves their readiness for the gulag. End of quote, Sam. What do you think about that? I think it's spot on right. I think Naomi's right on this point. I think we need to really be careful, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain something really important really quickly. Technology is neither good nor bad. And this ability to have all this incredible technology and and keep track of all these things and have all this knowledge and data and everything is a really good thing if it's in the hands of righteous, good, moral people. Okay, you can do family history with it. You can really find patterns in, in, in national health problems with it. Uh, you can really help people out in many, many ways if you have a good, honest, moral compass about you. But as I mentioned, technology is neither good nor bad. It just exists, and it's in the hands of who's administering it or collating it or whatever words you want to use to describe the access to and the manipula- manipulation of and then the response regarding. Okay, when it's in the hands of evil people, I'm telling you, it'll come of nothing but evil. All right, so you need to understand that, ladies and gentlemen. You could say that we're overreaching and overstating this, and my response is biblically in Revelations, we're told that you won't be able to buy or sell anything. Now, I'm not claiming this is the mark of the beast. Some are, but I'm not. What I'm saying to you, though, is this. We are certainly on the road to them controlling what we can do with our agency, our ability to choose. And they want us not to be able to choose God. They want us not to be able to choose the traditional family and their agenda their evil hand is, is, you know what, the magicians now not even hiding the magic tricks. They're in your face saying, we are coming for your agency. We are coming to destroy your liberty because we know better than you do. And we're going to use technology and everything else at our fingertips to accomplish that goal. And it's up to you and I to reject that narrative, Lowell. The sad thing about it, Sam, is that politics is downstream from culture. And the, the very things that we're seeing are political uh, people do, uh, we, you know, people call them leaders, or some people call them officials. I don't know how much leadership they actually provide or how official they really are, but whatever they're doing is a reflection of us, the people. You know, it's not speaking of you individually, Sam, but of us collectively, the people. You know, giving up our birthright to our liberty for, for the mere hope, the fleeting hope of, of, of safety, right? I mean, that's what we clamor for now. Not, which is which is very unlike what our, our colonial fathers and mothers clamored for. They clamored for liberty. They clamored for freedom. They they said you know you know live free or die. That was their motto. And what are we clamoring for today? Well, we're clamoring for for safety from COVID. We're clamoring for government handouts. We're clamoring for, for save me through this bailout from losing my business. That's what we're clamoring for. And. And, and, and therefore, we're losing our liberty, and we're losing, you know, the hope that we ought to have in Christ, right? I mean, if, 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 we, if we think that we are so secure 
we don't need God, then we truly will lose our souls. But if we go about every day realizing and, and understanding our need for God, our dependence on Him, not only for the resurrection, but for life today, for, for hope in living today, you know, then, 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 then we will, uh, you know, that's what we need to do. I, I lost my train of thought there, thinking about, you know, how important it is that we train our minds and our hearts and put it on God, because that really is the source of our liberty. If we, if we lose him, we lose our liberty. But if we will think of him and put him first, then we will retain our liberty. I really like that scripture that you pointed out earlier from Chronicles, Sam. Uh, so, so true, Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear on this point as well. You know what? We're talking about goodbye American liberty if we the people don't stand up. That's true. And that's a negative message. However, you know what? We're giving a warning and a witness, if you will. And we're saying to you that free will is the natural characteristic we share in common with our God. He created us. He gave us our will and taught us to be free, continues to teach the principles that make men free. All right? And as Lowell Nelson wisely warns us, you know what? Our leaders or our elected officials or whatever you want to call it, politics is downstream from culture. Okay, the reality is, look, our um, servants, is what I'm going to call them, reflect we the people. And if we want to solve the problem, we better restore election integrity because that's how they represent us. So let's finish on the restoring election integrity discussion. Key to this conversation, Lowell. Absolutely right, Sam. The John Birch Society has a webpage devoted entirely to the restoration of election integrity, and it, I've read the whole page. It is so excellent. You can find it at jbs.org slash vote slash solutions. And the reason, well, it is the most important political thing we can do. To, to I mean, because the election is how we, we get our public servants into office. And if that has been corrupted or is corrupted, then we don't have the ability to put into office the public servants that we want there. And, and, and if we lose that, then we, we, we've just lost the republic. So to reclaim the republic and to secure the republic, we have to restore election integrity. Now, um, I, 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 I attended Highland City Council meeting Tuesday night of this week and spoke against vote by mail. This vote by mail was introduced in 2020, just one year ago in the state of Utah where they passed a bill, HB 36, which mandated that elections in Utah are to be done primarily by mail, right? Now, I didn't even know that that thing passed. I think it was snuck through because not a single legislator cast a vote against it. I don't think they knew what they were voting for. I really sincerely believe they didn't know. because That's the way they like to do it, buddy. Yeah. Some, some, some legislators are against vote by mail. I know that for a fact. And so we need to turn the, we need to turn back the clock. We need to reverse this somehow and go back to, you know, I'm okay with absentee ballots if you have a good reason for being absent the day of the election. But I want to go back to what we did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, where you go and cast a, a paper ballot on election day. It's counted by the election clerks that night. And, and by the way, they check you in. They know you and you know them because they come right from your own neighborhood and there's no corruption of the election. There's no boatloads of 
ballots coming in at the last minute to be counted by some machine run by a computer whose programmer can hack that system. See, I'm a programmer, Sam. I know there is no single system that is truly impenetrable. I can hack any system you've got, Sam, and and, uh, because I'm a programmer. And I know there are lots of hackers out there that can do what I can do, uh, you know, to, to, to tip an election. So we need to we need to get rid of the machines. Just get rid of them. Go back to a paper ballot. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things here that on their, they list on their webpage that we ought to do to restore election integrity. But my question, Sam, is how do we do that here in Utah? How do we do that in your state, wherever you live, in Georgia, Tennessee, Arizona? I don't care where you live. How do you do that? Do you do it incrementally? like a little bit of it at a time, or do you just shoot for everything on this webpage? We've got to go back to that. What do you think, I think How uh, do we? I think that I know people say that, you know what, we're in a hurry, we've got to crank this out, or we're done before we can ever get started. I understand that view. I disagree with it, but I understand their point. It feels like it's, it's you know, prime time for meltdown, and I understand. But I say the only way back is incrementally. And the reason I say that is because you're going to have to have enough of an educational apparatus to educate the people and to get them involved, and then we can incrementally make changes. We can only make changes as fast as we educate the people. Otherwise, if I made all the sweeping changes today, tomorrow they'd change them, they'd vote me down, they'd shut me down. That Okay, if you give the Chinese uh, liberty tomorrow, they'd literally throw it away because they've been raised and all they know is communism. Okay, so you can't, you can't force a horse to drink water. You're going to have to incrementally move forward, and you're going to have to educate the people as you incrementally make those changes. There is no other way back, and that's the only way they've destroyed our liberty. I disagree with their their agenda, but their tactics have worked, and we better take a page from that playbook. Incrementally and education are the only ways we can accomplish the goal. I love it, Sam. You're right on point, in my opinion. Thanks so much. There he is, Lowell Nelson. By the way, he's not going to be with us on Fridays anymore. Lowell fights for liberty and travels and does so many things for the sacred cause that he's just running out of time, kind of like Kirk Crosby. But he will be with us every single Monday, first hour on the broadcast, as he has been for years. Lowell, thank you so much, sir. Godspeed. Have a delightful Easter weekend as you celebrate God, family, and country. Will do, Sam. You too. Thanks so much. It all It is all about the sacred cause of liberty. God save the republic. Happy Easter. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. Better than that, it's Good Friday, and even more importantly than that, it's Easter weekend. It's a time for celebration for all Christians. It's a time to celebrate God, family, and country. It's a time to be grateful for the sacred cause of liberty. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration 
of the United States of America, and we hope that we can set an example, be a light on a hill for the rest of the world. If they can obey the same principles we've learned to obey by Almighty God's direction, then they can be great too. Because America is not great because we're better than somebody else. America is great because we understand, or at least we used to, the principles that make people and nations and families great. As the Tocqueville pointed out, they're great because they're good, meaning moral. If we're losing our greatness, it's because we're losing our morality, people. And there's only one way back. And you can say, well, I'm not as religious as you are there. Fine, say what you want. I'm just telling you the only true solution, the only saving grace to turn to the Savior Jesus Christ, our King. Happy Easter and welcome to Hour 2 of Liberty Roundtable Live, Dr. Scott Bradley. Well, thank you, Sam. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think that, uh, you know, you talk about this, this should be a great commemoration for Christians, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. But we're all peoples to come to understand the expansiveness and the uh, universality of uh, Jesus Christ's mission upon the earth and his fulfillment of everything the Father put in his hands. Um, it would be a commemoration for all people in all times, and, and literally, uh, this is the time of year that we commemorate the fulfillment of that mortal ministry. Now, of course, his his expansive love doesn't stop with um, with his death and resurrection. It's uh, eternal. So, so this thing is uh, it's beyond what mortal comprehension can possibly give. And I, I appreciate you being able to kind of focus on that as you start this weekend. And uh, I think if we all did that a little bit more uh, fervently, it would come to be a little bit more of a uh, magnificent, well, like I say, the, the sun's up today, the skies are uh, beautiful, and and, uh, and in a, a spiritual sense, it should be that way for all of us, too. God loves his children. There's no mistake about that. The question is, do we love him? Uh, and we need to work on that, folks. It's something that, you know what, at the core of this discussion, really, Dr. Bradley, and I know we talk about this a lot on the radio, but I cannot let it go. The core of this is our agency. In other words, our free will, as some call it, free agency, as others call it. Okay, we're talking about the natural characteristic we share in common with God Almighty. All right, we are created in his image and in his likeness. And you know what? We have the ability to make choices, to decide whom we will follow, in whom we will put our trust. Uh, in, in other words, we decided we're going to keep the Ten Commandments of God and be self-governed and receive the author of liberty's blessings, or are we going to turn our back on it? And Lowell Nelson asked me an interesting question last hour. He said to me, Sam, what do you miss the most since they've kind of cranked up this pandemic over the last year and destroyed a lot of our liberties and our free association and all these kind of things? What do you miss the most? And at first I was thinking I miss a handshake and a hug. And if you give somebody a handshake or a hug in public, you look around and go, ooh, is everybody going to barbecue me? And am I going to be in trouble? I can't believe I just gave somebody a hug in public or whatever. You know, you feel bad about that. But then I really reflected further. I said, what do I miss the most? In past crises in America, whether it be a natural disaster, a man-made disaster, a war, a famine, uh, I don't know, something. We've always turned to our God as a country. And even 9-11 being the quintessential example of this, we didn't turn to God long enough. But even those people who never mentioned God did for a time say, 
We need our God. We need to turn to our God. They did that then. In this pandemic, I see uh, individuals turning to their God without a doubt. And I'm grateful for that. Don't misunderstand the point. However, as a nation, I don't think that we turn to our God at all. We're all about we're going to have to get a man-made vaccination, a serum shot into your veins that's experimental at best. Um, we got to have government force us to be antisocial and stay away from each other. We've literally turned against religion and said, don't you dare go to your church and worship. Don't you dare uh, meet together to fast and pray with the saints of God. Don't you dare. And even the people who you think should be standing up and saying, wait a minute, we need to meet. We need to turn to our God. Many of those people are basically chiming, chiming in and saying, oh, my gosh, we better not meet. And as far as I can tell, God told us to meet together off to fast and to pray and to meet together because, you know what, it's, it's, it's kind of like a fire. When the logs are together in the fire, there's great warmth and strength and power and light and goodness. And, and if we just get separated pretty soon, it's easy to get cold and dark and damp and the flame goes out. And so I, what I miss the most, Dr. Bradley, and then I'll turn it over to you, I miss that we are not as a nation turning to our God like we have hitherto done. And I'm telling you, if we don't, we shall reap the whirlwind. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be belligerent. But I am trying to point out a fundamental truth that you cannot have God's protection. You cannot uh, receive his blessings without turning to him and inviting him into your life. It's an agency-based choice. You must use your faculties as a son or daughter of Almighty God with a godly heritage to make a decision to say, I want to make my will God's will. And when we do, the blessings roll forward. The principles of liberty are upheld. It's just a glorious thing. When we do not, sir, I don't mean to be negative, but it's curtains, buddy. And I, and, and I don't mean to make that contrast so blunt and blatant, but I don't see any other reality. It is that blatant. And I agree we're all along that spectrum as people. We're not perfect. But I'm telling you that I miss the most that we as a, as a people are not turning to our God. And to me, it is a sad day. As we celebrate Easter, I hope to change that by educating and, and informing and providing leadership and guidance and love and support and encouragement and remembrance to that effect, sir. Well, I think you've hit upon an accurate, though tragic, observation. Um, and you point out some of past uh, events wherein the people were humbled enough to kind of have their hearts softened and meet together and pray, and we can go back, you know, all through history, different peoples that have, have looked to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But in addition, we, we find throughout the Revolutionary period and, and uh, the founding of this nation, many days of fasting and prayer. And in fact, legislatively directed days where people are admonished, let's turn our hearts to God. The days in the beginning of this republic when when the President of the United States, George Washington, was directed by Congress to establish a, a day of fasting and prayer, in uh, which it was in November of 1789. And so all of these things that have historically happened have been a kind of a rekindling, if you will, of that remembrance of the source of all our gifts. But sadly, I think you have accurately assessed what's been going on for the past year plus, um, we, I have been sorely disappointed. Um, uh, the Church of Christ, in many ways, has been turned to the Church of the COVID, and 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 I say that almost sounds blasphemous, but 
But the hierarchy of the Church, the institutions themselves, have become so uh, absolutely focused on on the owing and awfuls that they have come to fear, and, and they have fostered the—it's not a narrative, it's a script of fear that has been brought forth, and I believe that script, uh, the, it came forth so instantly um, the beginning of March last year that, um, that I really believe that many of those large institutions were probably in the planning sessions. They were brought into the inner circle, if you will, of those that uh, had suggested that this was going to be what our, our you know, our future was going to be. And, and so I've, I've observed for the entire year how COVID has displaced the words COVID. I mean, it starts with C and so does Christ, but that's the only, the only correlation I can make. Uh, but they, they've come to worship false gods. They, they worship researchers and physicians and, and pharma companies and politicians and, and media moguls and, uh, and talking heads. And, and they look to the world for salvation. And, and truly, truly, it has disrupted everything that I hold sacred. I have found it absolute buffoonery to think that, that, uh, here, I mean, you look at every single level of every single thing that's happened, and uh, the fasting and prayer on behalf of a vaccine that's not scriptural, and how this has historically been done with vaccinations, and how many, how years have have taken, and most of the time a COVID-based uh, vaccine has taken years to research, but never been brought forth because of all the challenges and. And people are now just farming. They're falling down. You remember in the book of Daniel where uh, Nebuchadnezzar built this big, tall um, uh, golden statue, and they said, whenever the music starts, you got to fall down and worship this thing. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, the heck you say? You remember that story? Well, here's the deal. We all fall down and worship. Everybody's on the ground groveling before these false gods that have been erected before us. Do we have to take a break ladies already? Ladies and gentlemen, Holy it's, about, it's just... about the sacred principle of agency, ladies and gentlemen. This Easter weekend, we bring you back in remembrance of what I believe matters most. Do you know who Daniel Horowitz is? He wrote an op-ed. We'll talk about it in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Live and on your radio, Sam Bushman and Dr. Scott Bradley to preserve the nation, his long life goal, if you will. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website to ad- advocate for and educate regarding uh, your rights, the supreme law of the land, and how we can restore the republic and the traditions of our founding fathers. It's all about to preserve this nation, if you will. But uh, Dr. Bradley, um, to make your point about we're turning to the arm of flesh instead of to our God for solutions, we're groveling at so-called science that's not even science, it's pseudoscience at best. But here is an article, uh, an op-ed piece written by Daniel Horowitz, and the headline says this, who data, meaning World Health Organization data, Ivermectin, and we've talked about this from Dr. Corey and others for quite some time now. He testified before Congress. Ivermectin, a very inexpensive, cheap drug. World Health Organization data says Ivermectin reduces COVID mortality by 81%. Also, the World Health Organization, we still don't recommend it. The blaze with the peace. So Ivermectin reduces... um, mortality death rates by 81%, but we're not going to use it. And then when you dig into the reason they say that we're not going to use it or that we're not going to recommend it is because they say it's not tried and true and tested enough. Never mind that around the world they're acknowledging and that it's been tested many places. But what they want to do is just dovetail you into an expensive experimental gene therapy, not even really a vaccination. Uh, And that's tried and true enough. We're going to skip all the normal protocols to test it and vet it and do all that because it's some quote emergency but yet we're going to deny the ivermectin research and studies and efforts and facts that even the world health organization points out 81 plus percent effective but we're not going to use it because the research or the case studies aren't there i mean this is what we're talking about we're being led alone by uh, led around by a nose ring doctor it's interesting to me that um that they discount and toss out ivermectin and there's a not countless, but many other um, uh, modalities that, that could help with the challenges that, that exist, and they are minimal challenges in comparison to what we've been told. But but they say, oh, it's, a, it's, not, oh, it's an off-label, it's an off-label use, and so on and so forth. We're really, really, really stop and think for just a minute. We are using a medical modality. I, I can't even call it a vaccine because it really is not a vaccine. A vaccine would give immunity and prevent spread. This has been demonstrated, this current thing that they're doing with jabbing people in the arm does not do that. It does not even purport to do that. 
And everybody at the highest levels of every uh, organization that's touting this says, oh, still social distance, mask, uh, uh, let's, let's make sure that we still hand sanitize, let's not have any contact, blah, 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 blah. It's because it does not do what everybody thinks a vaccine does. But even beyond that, it's, uh, it's coming forth under an emergency use authorization, EUA. This is not even certified as a vaccine. It is not FDA approved. It is, if you will, an off-label use of something that's never had a use that anybody has ever been able to say, well, here's something that might work because we've used it in these 10 million cases previously, and it's had a favorable outcome in, in cases that are similar, blah, blah, blah. There isn't a single solitary anything that would say this has past any level of muster that most they've tested it on is for 40 days they don't have any clue about long-term effects it could be something like uh, a death of a long time or maybe some kind of uh, uh, autoimmune system or infertility or I mean, you could have any 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 number of things that could happen along with all the other things that they know are happening that are causing deaths but so it's it's a complete uh, inconsistency about what's what is going on here, uh, they're, they're promoting, on the one hand, something that's completely, totally, and unequivocally unproven and was developed at warp speed, that's their own words, and, and we're throwing it forward and they're trying to make this the solution to anything and everything, and they're, they're even making it so that people cannot even go forward, buy groceries and, and attend events or gather with friends in restaurants, blah, 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 travel, everything, normal, everyday work. And if you and, speak and against business. it in any way, if you speak against it in any way, Dr. Bradley, you become uh, a fake news peddler at the least, a terrorist more likely. In other words, you're not even able to express your beliefs or concerns or opinions regarding their experimental trials globally without evidence of it working or being effective or safe or anything else. Uh, and you're not even allowed to bring up any opposition or you become a criminal enemy in their minds and in the way they uh, manipulate and pitch this uh, destruction of your agency, sir. Well, it violates the script that they've put out. And, and it's very interesting to me that... that, that um, the script is so closely adhered to that the the most prominent people in the world are standing by it. And and if people would just stop and use their minds and think about this for a moment, and not, I mean, uh, my, I've got an aphorism I use a lot, distrust until verified. Not the trust, but verify. Distrust until verified. And at this point, we do not have a verification. It's interesting to me, in the Nuremberg uh, Nazi trials, uh, it was brought out that there were guys like uh, Mengels and, and some other monsters that, that did uh, medical experiments on people without their consent. This is the largest medical experiment that has ever been brought forth upon humanity, this jab-in-the-arm thing that they're promoting uh, to the nth degree, it is a medical experiment, and most people are not wise enough or are not in any way, shape, or form given informed consent opportunity on this thing. So you are a guinea pig if you take the jab. Now, that's just the facts of life. It violates the protocols that came out of the Nuremberg war crimes trials, and, and it's being promoted so completely across the board 
that that most people unthinkingly do it. I I have had personal contact with people that have been on death's door since taking the vaccine, so-called, which it is not, because it has not, it, by definition, it doesn't qualify. It's not FDA approved. It's it's not demonstrated safe and effective. It's it's not promoting and keeping from any kind of infection. It's not preventing the spread. All those kinds of things. So I can't call it that. Really, it's a, some kind of medical modality. But but no, I literally personally have had contact with people that have. Uh, had cratering their their health since taking it, and and but you as you point out, you can't you can't talk about it. And, and let's go back just to the agency, and, and uh, maybe we can circle around to this agency thing because I really believe it is an eternal principle. I believe that God or uh, has ordained, and He has supported and sustained and upheld our freedom to choose. This is an eternal principle that. Um, that is un, it's an unalienable right, okay? And, and governments have long since uh, been at the center of seeking to take away our agency, and that's why I believe it's satanic when, when uh, cause Satan opposes God's uh, truths and positions and purposes. So I believe when the government steps in and destroys agency, now the agency can be destroyed by force and compulsion. It can be also be destroyed by misinformation, and uh, direction and counsel that says it uses the force of government to do this or that or the other. And I think that that is exactly what's happening with this uh, medical modality that they're, they're forcing upon people. And, and it's not just governments. It's, it's uh, businesses and everything else. But maybe, I know we're coming up on a break for, for the mid, midpoint, but uh, there was a little book written Back in 19, it was published in 1947 by Henry Grady Weaver. It's called the the mainspring mainspring of human progress, and it kind of points out how people are able to go forward and succeed because they have this freedom to choose, and it happens at all levels. Whether you're religion, or whether you're going to have a family, or whether you're going to follow a path, and people are free to free to choose under that to take this proposed modality. Or to not, and and I guess what I like about uh, Henry Grady Weaver's approach is that he says this is the basis of all progress in humanity, and and right now it's all under a heavy clamp, and sadly religions are helping promote this idea. In fact, I've almost gotten to the point that uh, I will consider some religious promotion of something until that word. COVID or these difficult times or, you know, these uh, trying times or we're all in this together comes out and it's like, oh, forget it. Oh, I know where their God is. I've, uh, I've, yeah, I know where they're trying to get us to worship. And Ladies and gentlemen, final headline regarding vaccinations right before the break here is this. With vaccine passports, politicians are hoping that business owners will do their dirty work. A great headline I just saw. Amen to that reality check. Don't fall for the lies. When we come back, Joe Biden has other agenda items he's pushing while we're distracted by the cocoa. Hang tight with Dr. Scott Bradley. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The U.S. economy added 916,000 jobs in March as the unemployment rate fell to 6%. Job creation was nearly double the 468,000 in February when the jobless rate was 6.2%. Economics professor at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business, Austin Goolsby, tells CNBC... The jobs market is actually better than it was before COVID began. But if you look down at the lower income paying jobs where the jobs got to be done on location, they're still really suffering. And this is the first of the big numbers that hopefully we're going to have six, eight, ten months in a row of big numbers like this. Today is Good Friday and many Christians around the world will be marking the day by commemorating the execution of Jesus Christ. This is USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. policy points and availability vary by state. The Biden administration wants to open at least 10 emergency facilities for migrant children as thousands of illegal unaccompanied minors surge across the border. In Texas, El Paso Sector Chief Patrol Agent Gina Chavez says they have their hands full. These are unaccompanied children that um, are showing up at our border, and every day our Border Patrol agents are out there with compassion, and just taking care of these children. That audio, courtesy of NBC News. President Biden seems to be trying to move ahead with his promise to forgive student loans. Biden reportedly asking his education secretary to prepare a memo on his authority to cancel up to $50,000 in debt. On the campaign trail, he put the amount at $10,000, but is facing mounting pressure from progressives to wipe out more. Today is World Autism Day, and April is World Autism Month, with events and educational activities scheduled throughout the month. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I know the COVID and and the border and some of those things are critical topics. I get it. But Joe Biden is moving forward with socialism agendas like you wouldn't believe, and most folks don't even have their finger on the pulse of this. So Dr. Scott Bradley with me. Um, There's two headlines that I want to bring up here. Joe Biden wants to cancel student debt through executive order. Do you want to respond to that, doctor? Well, it's rather humorous if it weren't so tragically sad. Um, Government does not have the authority, the power, and certainly the president doesn't, but if anybody would carefully read the United States Constitution, they would find that there's absolutely zero authority to do anything, virtually anything the president has done. I guess 
I mean, it doesn't have to allow him to breathe, but I guess if he continues to do that, that's uh, one thing that we probably would, would not, uh, you know, withhold from him. But the fact of the matter is almost every action he has taken since taking office has been a violation of the United States Constitution. And uh, you think about this. Someone enters into an agreement, uh, and that agreement is, um, you know, to borrow money, pay back money, so on and so forth. And the government does not is not empowered to intervene in any way, shape, or form, and uh, hold the lender harmless while saving the uh, person that borrowed the money from the responsibility of repaying that. And certainly, the intent of the Constitution, if you read Article One, Section Ten of the Constitution, is that a business is not to be interfered with by by government. And so, I I guess. This idea of a financial agreement between individuals and the government being able to intervene and, and uh, squash it or somehow take it over at taxpayer expense, I mean, if, if Americans really thought about it, our, our total, total, total national revenue stream from all sources is about $3.5 trillion a year. On a regular year, we spend about $4.5 trillion. And this past year and this, you know, going forward in this year, we've been trillions above that. And it's like, how in the world does anybody expect this, this to have the means of so doing? You know, we don't have the slightest promise of being able to fulfill these things that he is going forward with. It's borrowing from our posterity. It's criminal. It's the Eighth Commandment being violated. Thou shalt not steal. Put it on the shoulders of future generations. And, and he's holding harmless these large financial institutions that may have been involved in some kind of an agreement that now they're saying, oh, it's unfair. The little woke group is saying, I, I, I didn't understand. I'd have to pay this back. I'm so yeah, I'm overburdened. <clears throat> Come on. But he's adding insult to injury as well, ladies and gentlemen. So not only is Joe Biden wanting to cancel student debt by executive order as if he has authority, uh, it gets worse, though, because on a Easter weekend of all times, he is reversing Trump-esque policies as well. And the headline says this, the Biden administration, and I'm writing this headline now, the Biden administration illegally gave Palestine millions of dollars in financial aid. They say they got to restore goodwill with the Palestine uh, Palestinians. And so they gave $15 million and then $75 million. We don't know if the 15 was part of the 79, so we don't know, if it, or 75, so we don't really know if it's 60 and 15 or if it's 75 and 15. Nevertheless, literally well over $75 million. Uh, Joe just decided to write a check to the Palestinians of taxpayer money without authority. Illegally done. He should be arrested on the spot for such an unconstitutional action. Doctor? Well, your assessment of that is absolutely correct. Again, there is not a shred of constitutional authority to do what is being done. Now, I must admit, and I don't, this isn't justification or, or validation or rationalization and approval or anything like that. This happens daily. You go back to Jimmy Carter and, and his, uh, Camp David peace accord with Israel and, and Egypt. And, uh, that was a, a payout. And it always has been. It's committed the United States forever to pay Israel and Egypt billions of dollars, and we have continued to do that. There's no constitutional authority. I, think about this. Egypt and in fact, Israel hold on, hold on. Not, a, not only is there 
Dr. Bradley, not only is there no constitutional authority, but if you look at the delegation of appropriate powers, Congress is the only one that can spend money, and all spending bills must originate in the House. So not only is there no authority, but there's the um, rejection of authority. In other words, it's placed elsewhere intentionally. So it's beyond just saying he lacks authority, right? Well, absolutely. He lacks authority, but Congress lacks authority. I mean, Congress can only spend money for the purposes enumerated in the Constitution, and that's where guys like Judge Roberts go off the rails, where they say, oh, Congress, well, they can tax if they want, because of Article 1, Section 8, so we can tax anything and everything we want. And that's not it. It's, it's, it's delegated for specific purposes to be able to tax. And there is no constitutional authority to tax to send the money to some tin-horned dictator or some benevolent friend or, or to some citizenry across the world or to a, a, a global organization that claims to have good purposes. There is nothing there to do it. And I, there's, there's, a, um, there's illustrative stories I use when I teach young people about these kinds of things. That, that the end people get, but those in the highest offices, and certainly those that, that put them in offices, do not understand the fact that this delegation of authority is a limited, bounded responsibility to carry out whatever has been assigned them in the United States Constitution. And so I don't care if it's Jimmy Carter or Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump or, or uh, Joe Biden that's doing these things. That, that you know, and by the way, Here's what Congress does. Congress says, oh, we're giving the president, now this is a kind of a crude way of saying it. I mean, it's not going to be anything that anybody has to censure, but it's basically what they say. That we're going to give the president this big slush fund of international funds that he can dip into when he wants to buy his friends. And so Congress may, and well, then they do, put money in, uh, a, in the spending bills for foreign uh, policy. And so they started in the 7th, well, sometimes. Sometimes they don't always do it. They should. But, but in, in the 7th section of the, of the uh, first article, how Congress puts something like that together, the, the Senate approves it, and it gets signed by the president. And so they've got many, 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 many billions of dollars that they've kind of handed to the president with, with, uh, without any you know, real firm, you've got to spend it this way kind of instructions. And so the president, Biden, goes and does that. Now, Trump did that to get some approval with the Northern Triangle uh, Central American countries and Mexico. He was tossing money their way to get them to agree. It, it's, you know, people say, oh, he used great diplomacy to get these immigration problems underway. No, he didn't. He paid them bribes, all unconstitutionally. And what Joe Biden is doing is no more uh, than that and no less. And he's buying friends with money and Millions for defense, not one dime for any kind of bribe or any kind of uh, uh, ransom. Remember the Jefferson Well, so Joe wants to basically give the student loan people money for free and forgive their debt. He wants to literally illegally give the Palestinians a ton of money, mocking Trump's stance regarding Easter and more. And now it gets even worse because now the Biden administration is ramping up for a new version of net neutrality. You think we've been shut down and manipulated and controlled on the internet uh, as of recent times. You ain't seen nothing yet, doctor. 
No, uh, and in fact, I, I, you could take this from the most granular level to the most macro level, tiniest to biggest. Uh, I think we're going to find that, uh, that people keep saying, oh, the, the light is at the end of the tunnel in regards to coming out of these challenges, challenging times we're in. But, but they've got us where they want us. They're going to continue to leverage all of the um, tyranny that they've been able to put into, uh, um, into our lives. And, and so, yeah, I, I foresee that this is not going to... Let's take Utah, for example. The legislature supposedly said on April 10th, uh, they're going to lift the, the mask mandate, which was never legal in the first place, but we don't have to talk about that right now. And so our governor yesterday calls a big news conference and says, no, 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 wait a minute. In spite of what the legislature just said, we're not going to do it. We're extending this for all state locations and all this kind of stuff. And And so we have large municipalities in the state that are doing the same thing. They're taking the same stuff. And, and it's like, wait, 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 this so-called pandemic has followed the cycle much like, of course, we're like 54 or 55 weeks into the two weeks to flatten the curve, which means we've extended it way beyond when it should have been for herd immunity based upon normal exposure rates. But but what's happened is is that they're, they're saying, oh, no, no, we've got to keep doing the right things. It's diminishing. So we're doing the right thing. No, we're not. It's a natural occurring thing. It'll come back again in the fall, people. Shame on the governor, ladies and gentlemen. That's for sure. Quick pause. I want to tell you this also. The Virginia Supreme Court ruled on Thursday, so yesterday, that yes, they can take down the Confederate general statues from the city of Charlottesville. Wow. Have we realized the assault against our lives? our liberties, our faith. To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So the court ruled they can take down the statues of Robert E. Lee and, and, and it, you know, Cornwall Jackson and, you know, whatever. Uh, and this is serious because it's going to destroy our history. People won't even know the history of America. Agree or disagree with the South or those specific generals. Um, when you take down statues of Confederate generals, you literally jettison our history, and sadly, we're doomed to repeat the negative portions of that history if we're not aware of it. So we thought we'd bring that to your attention. Also, Joe Biden, uh, his infrastructure plans pave the road to ruin in America. Family Research Council bringing this up. He literally wants to spend another couple of billion on government infrastructure projects. And I remind you, the government control of this property and, and building out roads and services, and uh, it's like a fascist communist utopia plan biden's backing here dr bradley well just to couple those two issues that you just brought up which are quite divergent by the way in terms of their uh, correlation to each other but i'm pretty good at triggering like, that a good doctor and bringing up these divergent issues there ladies and gentlemen right? <laughs> the idea now remember how offended how the world's uh, conscience was offended by something the taliban did 20 years and one month ago when they dynamited these cultural uh, uh, items over in, in Afghanistan in regards to, to Buddha. And, and they, the Taliban blew them up, and, uh, you know, they were like 40 feet tall and 60-foot tall statues. And, uh, oh, my goodness, we can't have these things. Uh, they're, they're idols and everything like that. They were part of the history of the area. Because the people's religion has changed doesn't mean that it, it they weren't something of magnificent structure and, and everything like that. Everybody around the world was offended. And now they've decided... Not that me. They're going Not to me, re- by the way, doctor. Okay, well, I understand that. I just want to be that. clear, I, I wasn't I offended. I, I would have expected I'll that. I'll tell you what I was offended by. I, I was offended by our desire to shut them down as if they don't have free speech in their countries. But here's the deal. Now everybody here is rewriting our history. And by the way, Stonewall Jackson and, and Robert E. Lee, they are head and shoulders above any, and I make that a, that a blanket statement, any of the Union generals that served during that Civil War era. They were men True of story. Christian character quality. And, and, the, and so here we're taking down, um, and you, uh, Stonewall Jackson, I don't remember the number exactly, but I think he started 28 schools for, for black children. I mean, he and his wife were great Christians. Were and this idea of is if if you just turned the slavery off and people got thrown out into the world and they didn't have the skills to survive, Stonewall was preparing for the ways that they might be able to go out and succeed in the world. Great and noble people, and so and so we have today these kinds of things that that they're just rewriting history and and painting everywhere with the same tar brush. Let's go to the infrastructure bill for a second. It wasn't a couple of billion. It's two and a half trillion dollars almost. I think it's two dollars three trillion dollars. I don't remember the number exactly. Sorry, yeah, I, I said billion. But, I meant trillion. You're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's a, what's a few trillion among friends? But at any rate, the fact of the matter is, again, a bankrupt country, <laughs> a country that is vastly overspending what our revenue stream is, and they come up with these absurd things. And then you look at Article One, Section uh, uh, Eight. Clause 17 that says the United States government's, it, it limits and bounds the United States government's uh, land holdings and, and how they, you know, basically would, would deal with land issues. 
and it limits the national government or general government to 64,000 acres, plus any, uh, you know, magazines and forts and stuff that the states might agree to. But the fact of the matter is they're going to take out hundreds of thousands and thousands and millions of acres of government control over our our uh, highways and infrastructure, and they're going to spend money that's not constitutionally authorized on these things. And by the way, we can go back and, and we could trace the history where there's time to uh, to look at how we have come to this abominable position. But the effort to spend money like this was started clear back in 1792, and in February 7th of 1792, James Madison, as a congressman, got up on the floor of the Congress and explained the dangers of such things and how we would lose our nation where we allow money to be spent for any purpose that anybody decided was a good reason. Because there were even people clear back in 1792 that said, you know what, we could, you know, we could go into the government purse and we could do this and we could do that. But Madison solemnly warned against these kinds of things. Today, we are 10,000 times 10,000 orders of magnitude over what was being proposed back in 1792. But um, but Biden thinks that uh, that they, he's been an elected monarch, and, and by executive decree and monarchical you know order, he's going to set things forth. And of course, Congress will fall in line because his party thinks that they're monarchs too. None of which is true. So the things that we're seeing happening today really are an indication of the ignorance of those from the very, uh, well, they're either ignorant, deceived, or they're deceivers. And I guess you could figure out which category they're in. Of the many of them the are a blend of level, all the above, depending on the topic as well, right? It, it is true. But at the highest levels of this nation, clear down through we the people, and, and we are really who's responsible. Because uh, if we put people like this into office and don't hold their feet to the fire to obey their oath of office, which is a very limited grant and delegation of authority, then and we don't hold them accountable. Uh, I guess we get the kind of government we deserve. And and uh, Jack, sad but true. Uh, farewell. To- Speaking of the kind of government we deserve, here's the final story that I want you to respond to this hour. The, uh, these stories all kind of relate to the same thing: controlling us and spending our money. We've got to put a stop to it. Here's the final headline: a story for discussion today. Headline says this. Government watchdog, so we're talking about judicial watch. Government watchdog confirms that the federal government was buying baby body parts and they literally spent thousands, millions of dollars for pieces of infants so they could carry on working on their humanized mice project. Over the last few years, folks, there's been an uproar over the sale of body parts by abortionists and the purchase by people who largely have been doing research with the body parts of unborn babies. The organs are obtained by abortionists. Then they're transferred to middle companies who then transfer them or sell them to buyers. It's remained an issue because of a series of lawsuits that uh, anti-abortionists have brought against this abortion mill baby part selling industry all right anyway they say there's criminal investigations but it turns out folks that now government watchdog judicial watch 
has confirmed that the purchase of some of the baby body parts included the federal government. Your tax dollars, in other words. The organization on Thursday said that it had received several documents, records, from the Food and Drug Administration showing the agency literally spent tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars to buy baby body parts from this bioscience resources group. And um, anyway, Judicial Watch said the records were communications between a B or AVR procurement manager. Anyway, this Christina Howard lady, it gives you all the detail. But Judicial Watch explains the exchanges that, hey, the federal government was literally buying baby body parts. And they say, we have three batches of mice that still need to be humanized. And so we need these, um, you know, baby body parts to conduct our research. They wanted to know the sex of the tissue that was going to be received. They said, we can't know the sex because the abortionists are destroying the plumbing or the, you know, or sexual organs. And we can't tell. So we'll try to go back uh, to the abortionists and make sure that they're more careful when they extract these baby body parts and these organs so that they don't destroy the sex and we can keep that intact. That'll make the baby body parts worth more. And they say, dang, those were wonderful tissues. I sure wish we could keep them, but without knowing we can't. Anyway, it goes on and on and on, this huge story. Um, this uh, They email and say, this week I'm working with a doctor who induces fetal demise at 20 weeks and 16 weeks and Anyway, bottom line is fetal organ trafficking documents shock the conscience and show potential illegal use of tax dollars. So the feds were in on the body part buying business, and that's why those who are trying to get to the bottom of it have been arrested and fined and stymied and shut down because the government didn't want to get their hand caught in the cookie jar, but they got caught, Dr. Bradley. Well, there's a lot more to this than we even have uh, in the couple of minutes that are left. I mean, Kamala Harris has historically been in, uh, engaged in attempting to prevent anybody to know what Planned Parenthood has been doing with this. There's some abominable tapes out, about a dozen of them that I know of, that talk about the, that, that show the discussions that were taped with the Planned Parenthood people. It is illegal, federal, illegally federally, to, to buy these aborted fetal tissues. And they are definitely being used in uh, medical research. And the fact that the federal government, the national government, has been involved is, a, is absolutely atrocious. And the, the other thing that, that uh, kind of circles around back to the, uh, the so-called vaccine is that in virtually every case, there have been these fetal tissues that have been used in the development, at least, and maybe in, they're actually incorporated into the, into the uh, injection that they say, oh, oh yes, this happened years ago, and we're just using stuff we've kept alive. And it's like we, we as Christian nation, should recognize that human sacrifice, because I, I get people that, that, that are even supposedly religious leaders that say this human tissue is being used for a good purpose to benefit us all nowadays, and so we should be so grateful for this. It makes me want to puke. But here's the deal. They are sacrificing humans for this research. 
These are unborn babies have never drawn the first breath of life. And here's the deal. Again, circling back to what we started out with, this weekend we recognize our only sole Savior, Jesus Christ. And these religious leaders that attempt to make this fetal tissue that was harvested, these are euphemistic terms, even long ago, should be, we should be grateful for them. And it's horrific to think that they're continuing to on-go. And if the, the general government is involved in the purchase of it, it's all illegal, unconstitutional, everything like that. But for even religious leaders, give a wink and a nod to this practice absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. And I believe that somehow, some way, God is going to have hold us accountable, and we need to turn back to him. But this weekend, let's turn to Jesus Christ. This weekend, let's recognize his divine sacrifice on our behalf to reconcile us with God the Father and, and make it so our return to him is possible. But, but let's stop this bizarre twisting. You know, this, this, think about sacrificing to Moloch anciently. Well, it's Satan's plan on steroids in modern times, that's for sure. We are out of time, but I'm telling you, I concur with Dr. Scott Bradley. We, the people, need to repent and fast. We celebrate Easter weekend and beg you and pray that you'll do the same. For Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.